Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Are you caring for an aging parent? Are you searching for answers? Welcome to Senior Care Live, a program dedicated to you providing information, education, and resources, helping you become the best caregiver you can be. I'm your host, Steve Keeker. Hello and welcome to Senior Care Live. I'm Steve Keeker, President of Senior Care Consulting. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate it. Senior Care Live is the nation's premier radio program where we provide information, education, and resources for seniors and their caregivers. This is a safe place to get accurate and reliable information you can absolutely count on. And each and every week we discuss some important subjects such as how to remain independent in your own home, how to find the right senior care community, how to pay for the high cost of senior care, and legal issues that may involve elder law and estate planning. We also discuss senior-related health care issues and how to care for the caregiver. As always, if you have a question, you can reach us on our toll-free number anytime. It's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. You can also visit us online at Senior Care Live, L-I-V-E, SeniorCareLive.com. All right, we have a really, really good program uh, lined up for you here today, and then we're also going to have an announcement of a of a, uh, a special event that we have coming up. We're going to announce that later on in the program, so you're going to want to stay tuned, and you don't want to miss that because seating is limited for that. But first, let me introduce our special guests for today. Mr. David Wiley is the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and Judy Wechter, the clinical education liaison for Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And David and Judy, welcome to the program. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Good to be here today. All right. And my allergens are uh, attacking me today, so hopefully <laughs> I won't cough on mic here. <laughs> but, uh, David, understand that we're down to just 10 days until National Healthcare Decisions Day, which is uh, just, just really important. So why is the topic so important to you and your work with Kansas City Hospice? You're right, Steve, just 10 days and, uh, you know, National Healthcare Decisions Day, it's April 16th and it's purposefully set the day after tax day. And perhaps it's a, an ode to the famous Benjamin Franklin quote, nothing in life is certain but death and taxes. But, right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, National Healthcare Decisions Day, it's an important day for healthcare providers, um, because we too often see what happens when people, you know, they don't take the time to consider their own plan for care. Um, should they have health crisis? So it's an opportunity to be proactive um, in considering what um, we would want and to communicate that plan to our loved ones so that they, too, can be prepared to uh, honor the wishes and, and help in the event that um, a person can no longer communicate those wishes to health care providers. And certainly, you don't want to get into the situation where you can't speak for yourself and then someone else may have to make those decisions for you. Absolutely. You know, we, we all need to be prepared in the event of a, uh, in, in, in the event of a crisis and, um, having the talk, 
uh, about this. It's probably easier than most people think it will be, but Mm -hmm. you know, many of us, we need a little inspiration um, or a reminder to do this. So that's really the message of National Healthcare Decisions Day, and it's it's really vitally important. All right, and Judy, in your role as a clinical uh, clinical liaison and, a, and an educator, what do you see as the most critical decision a person can make regarding their healthcare? I think that the main thing is that we have these conversations, as the saying goes, talk early and talk often, and we know that people tend to get a little intimidated when we start talking about advanced care planning and throwing out terms like advanced directives, living wills, durable power of attorney for health care. Is that the same as my finances? Those type of things. And really what we are trying to do is give people the opportunity to have the most control that they ever will by talking about their decisions that may come up ahead of time, thinking about their values, talking about their decisions, taking the time to document their wishes. All of those things are just the right thing to do because we're adults. This really is no longer an issue about end of life or living with serious illness and chronic conditions. The way it originally started out, it's more of an issue of are you 18 years of age of older? And I know all of us in here mm-hmm. are slightly on the other side of that. <laughs> just a little bit. A few, uh-huh. <laughs> and a uh, few of us um, own children that are um, yeah, yeah. quite a bit on the other side of that. In my case, yours are, yours are a little closer to the, yeah. the line there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but we really do want people to start looking at this. And we know that currently only about a third of the population has an advanced directive. When you look at the baby boomers, um, it drops to less and 65% have one, and you can't be a baby boomer and not be over the age of 18. That's right. And with all of the changes with HIPAA and privacy, in order for someone to assist you in maneuvering through and navigating your way through the healthcare system, we will be unable to help you if we aren't able to access records or to communicate on your behalf. And I'm not, again, talking necessarily about that elderly person with a catastrophic event. For instance, you've got an, an 18-year-old away at college. That was yep. my... She just of, turned 19. So <gasps> there we go. Say she's getting old. <laughs> and that, that doesn't even seem right. I, I can't even say 19. I still see her as this little five-year-old girl. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know. It's I, weird. <laughs> it's very weird. I didn't realize I was old until... My siblings started getting Medicare, and, and my youngest brother <laughs> oh, turned boy. 55, and yeah, it's like yeah. I only have one kid left under 30. Oh, my God. Yeah, I must yeah. be old. <laughs> That's you right. Know? All, everybody around me, that must... When did that happen? I Apparently very quickly. But anyway, um, you know, when we talk about things like sudden illnesses and, and accidents and being unable to speak for ourselves, we're not just talking about... You know, that, that elderly, chronically ill person. We're yeah. talking about unexpected events. In my case, it was a daughter away at college, had the DPOA for healthcare, and that was fine when we were working with the, um, the student healthcare system there on campus at the U of A. But once she ended up going to the emergency room and didn't bring it with her, whole new ball game. Whole new game. Yeah. And you've experienced that in some of yours. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. And so, So I think that the message there is, you know, having an advanced directive and having all of your legal affairs in order, don't wait another day. If you're 18 years old and one day you're one day 
too late, mm-hmm. uh, ideally. Uh, and it's not too late to get right. that done now. But so, Judy, I guess I've got a couple of questions here that are uh, I'll just ask. I'll just tee it up. Okay. And then uh, I think that'll kind of set us up to maybe address these and break them down a little bit. Do you know what health care treatments you uh, you would or would not want if you could not speak for yourself? So, you know, I, I want this or I do not want that. So, I mean, that's a huge question. Another one is, do other people know what those wishes are? In my case, they do. And I own three adult daughters. So there's a <laughs> lot of, a lot of estrogen in my environment. But these are conversations that we've had over the years. And I had parents who had health issues when they were younger, being in healthcare and in the various lines of healthcare I've been in. They've not only had personal experiences, but they know that I've worked in these situations. So this may be more common conversation in my home than it might be in others. But what I really try and emphasize in educating different audiences on this is that we are not encouraging anyone to feel like they have to sit down and make a health care plan for every conceivable medical event that they might encounter because it's impossible. Yeah. What we want you to do is talk early and talk often so that in those instances where decisions have to be made, we can make a good decision based on what we know that person would want. For instance, if someone was um, of the the faith with a Jehovah's Witness, it is against the religion to have a blood transfusion. Okay. So obviously, that's not going to be an option yeah. in that. But you know what, though? A medical professional may not know that. So in your legal documents, then that would be something that is very specific for you. Yes. And in that case, we would want to define that. Will I ever say no antibiotics? Yeah, no. Even if you're on hospice, you can have a, a respiratory infection or a, a urinary tract infection that we can treat easily with some oral antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's in the advanced end stages of Alzheimer's and the person is unable to manage secretions and they're constantly creating a, a pneumonia, an aspiration pneumonia, okay, in that case, maybe this isn't the appropriate treatment to continue any longer because yeah. we can't stop that other process. But would I ever say, write down no antibiotics? No. We would look at each situation as a healthcare system, guide you on where we're at, and help you make the best decision that you can at that point in time for where things are at. And really try and help people normalize the fact that the only reason that we are having an end-of-life episode is because we were born. This, yep, was, yep. this was going to happen <laughs> right. anyway. Um, we've intervened with health care and medical advances and treatments over and over. And sometimes we have created an environment where someone is here and we're looking at each other going, well, now what do we do? That's right. And so, uh, as David mentioned earlier, the only two things for certain in life are <laughs> death and taxes, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> taxes got the 15th and I guess we got the 16th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so the the second you, you turn in your taxes, uh, uh, if you're like me, it's usually on the 15th or uh, right around that time. I just hate messing with them. But um, it, to my wife's uh, chagrin, so she, <laughs> she would like me to do that a little bit earlier. But anyway, uh, so your tax day is on the 15th, uh, which is on a Monday, and then... The very next day, National Healthcare Decisions Day, and we're going to focus on that for the majority of our program today. Today we have Mr. David Wiley and Judy Wechter, both with Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and we're going to break that down a whole lot more right after the break. But first, let's get into our Senior Care Live question of the week, and uh, this is some, some new language that may be new for you. 
a healthcare treatment directive is the same as a living will. A healthcare treatment directive is the same as a living will. Is that statement true or false? We'll have the answer right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. Don't forget you can stream this program to any electronic device. Super easy to do. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com. Click on the big microphone right there on the home page or the Listen Live button. Give it a few seconds to connect, and then it'll stream straight to your phone, your tablet. Tablet. Uh, you may have a desktop or a laptop computer, whatever you have, and it really is that easy. All right, back to the Senior Care Live question of the week. It's more of a statement of the week. A health care treatment directive is the same thing as a living will. Is that statement true or false? And the answer is... It's actually false, Steve. Um, the health care treatment directive is more commonly known as the durable power of attorney for health care form. Same, same form. And that's what I've always kind of right. thought of it as. <laughs> if you look at the top of the form, it states yeah. across the top that this is a health care treatment directive. And it's very similar to a living will because both of them are signed, dated, witness documents that allow all of us to express or speak for ourselves and identify in advance what our wishes would be regarding treatment if we were seriously ill or at the end of our life. However, there's a big difference between the two. A living will only applies when you're terminally ill. A healthcare treatment directive, a durable power of attorney, becomes effective whenever you lose your ability to make and communicate decisions or upon your request when you want assistance navigating the healthcare system. Regardless so, of your age. Right. I think that's the big, big key there. This is regardless of age. So to, to make that even, to make that less muddy, hopefully, yeah. just make it dirty water instead <laughs> yeah. of solid, solid mud. <laughs> what we're talking about with a living will is someone is identifying what they would want at the end of their life should they have a, a terminal serious illness. I live to get old and I, and I have heart disease. I'm 99 and this is how things are playing out. This is what I would want it to look I, like. I want heroic measures taken. I do not want heroic measures taken. Right. Uh, I do want to be, have life-sustaining equipment. I do not want to have my right. life sustained by equipment. Uh, you can just make your wishes known, Very just black and white. And that's fine as long as you are always able to speak for yourself. But if you are but. in, <laughs> you are in an accident, if you have a stroke, if you have something that takes away your ability to communicate, then you can't speak for yourself. In the case of someone with Alzheimer's, if I do a free durable power of attorney healthcare form, then once I become incapacitated and unable to speak for myself, 
automatically my agent becomes my guardian. Yeah. If I have not done this free form ahead of time, my family now has to go to court, prove me to be incapacitated, and go through the legal system, both financially and time-wise, to get someone appointed, which may not end up being who that person would have wanted or who anyone in the family or friend group actually wanted it to be. So this also impacts our ability to assist our our family and our friends in situations such as, um, and one of the instances I've used it, um, it was with a parent who had advanced cancer and had had cancer many times. They needed to know what chemos had been used previously in order to make a determination about what chemos were options currently. Yeah. It'd been over 25 years. Oh, boy. She's getting ready to go through a big surgery, a debulking, a couple weeks in the hospital. She's not going to be able to trot over there and pick those up, not to mention they're on microfilm yeah. by this length of yeah. time. But as DPOA for healthcare, I can request them. I can electronically send over the signed release of medical information, talk to them by phone. When do you need them? Not in a hurry. A couple of days, we'll have them pulled up and copied in an envelope, pick them up at the desk. We'll give you a call and let you know they're ready. I picked them up, delivered them to the new oncologist, and by the time of her first appointment, they'd already reviewed all of the records and knew what treatment options were available. So it impacts our ability to facilitate those who need our help and want our help. Otherwise, with a living will, all I have said is, this is how I would like to die. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's your statement, but it doesn't grant anyone the authority to, to act on your behalf. Which is, a, again, a big deal for those that are closer to the age of 18. You have a yeah. college student who's in an accident. You know, well, all of and the- I have, I have a, a perfect example okay. of that. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, his daughter was attending uh, Notre Dame mm-hmm. University, and she hopped a ride with a nun on a golf cart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Those the, nuns. <laughs> and, and the nun had a lead foot. God love her, you know. And, and she took a, she took the corner, and my friend's daughter goes flying off the golf cart. It was right. just an accident, sure. but but uh, she hit her head on the mm-hmm. curb. And ended up in the hospital, and it looked like this was really serious. So they called my friend's wife at home. She was the first phone number on the, you know, at, at the health center there on, on campus. And they said, "Well, she's really out of it, uh, but you know, we're going to have to just do what we want to do because, um, you know, she can't speak for herself." So my friend's uh, wife said, um, "I will speak for her." And they said, well, you can't. She's an adult. She's 18 years old. She said, I absolutely can. I am her durable power of attorney for health care and finance. Where do you want me to fax this to? And I will tell you what I authorize you to do or not to do. And so they're like, oh. And, and they said they were just kind of blown away by that because they said no one ever mm. says that <laughs> in right. these type of situations. So she sent the durable power of attorney. Uh, for health care and for finance, she just sent the whole thing over, both pieces. And uh, she flew out that afternoon, and she was able to speak uh, for her daughter, make decisions on her behalf legally, and uh, and everything turned out great. It, it looked worse than it was initially, but then it ended up being okay. It was more of an injury rather than some permanent kind of major uh, situation. But but the bottom line is she was – she. She used that power of attorney document, and um, and she was able to speak for her daughter, and everything went just fine. Yeah, the way you want it to be. Yeah, and 
Well, David can share with you on, on our end of the healthcare spectrum mm-hmm. because we're not emergency medicine. We're, we're kind of on the other side of it. Um, we see a very different scenario often. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can just speak from a personal experience just with my mom. And um, she was at the end of life going in and out of the hospital, but um, ultimately was unresponsive. And so because mm. we had done a lot of work, she had done a lot of great work. Yeah. Um, to be able to have documents that were in her writing, in her handwriting, that knew exactly what to do. And when the choices came to us from the physician and she couldn't respond, um, you know, we could look at that document and we can actually, you know, follow through with what her wishes were. Absolutely. Which um, ended up to be hospice. And that that was a, a very difficult decision. But having mm-hmm. her make the decision for yeah. us. Um, was hugely helpful and so such a benefit to us as a family. What an act of love sure. that was. It really She didn't lay that heavy decision on, on her children. Right. And that's probably that's just the, an act of love. Probably the primary reason that people do these mm-hmm. is because, especially as we age, is that we don't want to be a burden to our family members and put them in a position to have to make these tough decisions. If you have questions about National Healthcare Decisions Day or your Power of Attorney for Healthcare, um, and uh, Judy, uh, the Healthcare Treatment Directive. Okay, I'm going to need to put that <laughs> phrase in my in my vocabulary. <laughs> Feel free to reach out to Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. They can really help you out. Eight one six six. Excuse me. Eight one six three six three. 2600 816-363-2600. We're going to have a lot a lot more information right after the break. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And don't forget, if you ever miss an episode of Senior Care Live, maybe you want to just share the uh, program with family or friend, or maybe just want to go back and hear it again, no worries at all. Just go to SeniorCareLive.com, click on the podcast tab, and that's where you'll find all of the previously aired episodes. Just click on the one that you want, give it a few seconds to connect, and you can listen to any or all of them 24 hours a day. All right, back with my special guests in studio, Mr. David Wiley. He's the president and CEO of Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and Judy Wechter, the clinical nurse liaison and educator uh, with, uh, of course, Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care. And, and today we're, we're, we're touching on a, a really, really important subject. We're talking about National Healthcare Decisions Day and how important it is for each and every single person, 18 years old and older, to have a living will, advanced directives, healthcare power of attorney, also known as a healthcare treatment directive. And uh, it's just, it, it sounds a little complicated sometimes. If you have questions, if you want help, feel free to reach out to our friends at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care, and they will help you. We're going to talk about some resources here in just a minute, but uh, uh, their number is 816 816- 
866-363-2600 or online at kchospice.org. And um, David, right before the break, you had mentioned that your mom, you had talked about her wishes were handwritten. So mm-hmm. did she just write a note or was this on a, some legal form or how, yeah. how, how was that? It's a great question, Steve. Actually, um, <clears throat> it was related to uh, anticipation of a potential surgery that she was going to have. Ah. And we were talking about in advance of that, you know, if something were to happen, you know, what her wishes were. And she wrote down what she wanted. Um, as luck would have it, um, she didn't have to have that surgery, so I just stuck it in the file. But um, many years later, when it was time, we pulled that out. It was in her handwriting. I knew exactly what her wishes were. And um, it was very comforting. I have I have five siblings. Oh, wow. So for all of us to be faced with the decision, and that really was a de- decision, was, you know, did she want, um, our, you know, nutrition uh, when she wasn't able to make the decision herself? And it, the answer was no. So we opted to go into hospice with her, and uh, it was very helpful to be able to, to read it in her own handwriting. It was, it really was a, a lifesaver to me to be able, as the power of, the healthcare power of attorney, to make that decision. Um, just to have her wishes in writing, so and, powerful. And, and I hear from so many uh, elderly, elderly individuals, and they're they're telling me all the time, we don't want our our kids to have to make some of these mm-hmm. decisions, whatever that decision might be, for us, us to move out of our home or to withhold medical treatment or or whatever it is. Uh, you know, we want to take care of that in advance. And, and your mom did that. Did. And and what an act of love! You six children. Mm-hmm. Having to agree on anything, it sometimes is difficult. <laughs> I, I know you said off mic that everyone was really on the same page yeah, and wanted the best we thing for your mom, but uh, but she saved she saved you all of that and having to make a decision and then maybe second guessing that later on. And, and she did that by just making her wishes known. That's such a powerful decision, such an act of love. It's just that's just really really powerful. I'm re- really moved by that. Yeah, thank you and. Uh I probably read that piece of paper uh, more than a hundred times. So, <laughs> yeah, very important. Just to make sure, okay, do we have this right? Do I understand this as it was written? Yep. And yep, and yet you got to get it right. Got to get it right. So, Judy, with uh, ter- seriously ill or or terminally ill patients uh, having an advanced directive uh, in their medical record, uh, how many how many of those patients actually have that advanced directive in their record? Seriously ill or terminally ill? Less than half. Less which, than half. Which is interesting because when people come on hospice care, um, not even looking at advanced illness or palliative care, some of our other programs, but on hospice, you've already been certified by two physicians to have a terminal um, illness that if it was allowed to follow its normal progression, would probably be terminal in about six months. These are families who are saying, you know, we all got together for Christmas this year because we're pretty sure this is going to be Dad's last Christmas mm-hmm. and we wanted to, you know, really all be together. So they already are seeing that they're there, but the reality is that most people haven't actually gone ahead and had these discussions and put things in writing, although in the same studies we know that of those that are seriously ill, over 80% of them say it's important to do that. We know that over 90% of them say that not just how they want treated, but specifically their, their death, their end of life, it should be covered. About 80% they'd say they'd want to include their physician in these conversations, but we know in those same studies 
Less than 7% of people actually include their doctor in these talks. And unfortunately, over 65% in some of the studies, over 76% of physicians are unaware of what is in a patient's advanced directive in their medical records. So we have to keep talking early and often, have these conversations, Mm -hmm. like David's describing, when you are not under crisis. And that way, when these things come up, instead of being torn apart by the decisions with things like artificial nutrition, which is a a heroic life support measure, we can look at it calmly and say, okay, but this isn't what she wanted, and it's not going to reverse any of the problems that have put her in this situation. And it allows us to look at things where we're focusing on caring, compassionate, and competent care for these individuals and allowing a kind and gentle end-of-life experience that supports what their values were and making this what's actually a very normal life experience as smooth and kind for that person as possible. And we know that for the family members that go through this, how they will be on the other side of this has a lot to do with how they go through that situation. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, and there, there's a statement here on my on my notes, one conversation can make all the difference. So, David, you mentioned something earlier. And can, can you both stay into the fourth segment so we sure. can make our big announcement about our big event? Yeah, sure. I just wasn't sure if you had time or not. So no. I appreciate you staying a little little longer today uh, with us on the program. So, David, you mentioned something earlier right at the at the top of the program that having that conversation might be a little easier than than you think it might be. So I think we build up in our head like, oh, no, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And and mom's going to you know be mad or they're not going to want to talk about it. But usually it's not that way. Right. I mean, um just talking about what you want and it's yes. a dialogue it's a conversation and you know i think having an advocate another important thing is really once you've decided is to talk about it with others and yeah. to to be able to make sure that they know what you want so um it's it's easier than you think and and national yeah. healthcare decision day gives us a great opportunity to bring up those conversations we can just say Hey, did you know this is National Healthcare Decision Day that, yeah. that they actually have this? There's such a thing. Yeah. <laughs> there is. And use yeah. that as an opening. Or um, at the same time, you can bring up another experience of a friend or a neighbor or a coworker has had happen and say, you know, it's got me thinking about this. And I realize I've never done anything about it. Or, you know, Megan's going off to college. We need to get this done. And there are there's so many openings that we ignore. What, it's it's sort of like for us when a family says we're not ready for hospice, but yeah. they've just told me that everybody got together for Christmas because they think it's the last one. Yeah, yeah. That window's open right mm-hmm. there. Let's yeah. let's talk. Um, let's move now while we have the opportunity and we're not in a crisis setting. Absolutely. So we're talking today about National Healthcare Decision Day. It's the day after the taxes are due, and that's on purpose to kind of tie the two things together. Death and taxes, <laughs> neither one of them real exciting uh, to, to deal with. But guess what? You have to deal with it. Don't put it off if you're 18 years old or older. And if you don't have advanced directives, a health care power of attorney, also known as the health care treatment directive, then then you're late. You're, you have to get this done. Do not, do not put this off. So, Judy, let's talk about some resources. Uh, I know that you could go to kchospice.org. Is that right, David? Yeah, absolutely. Go on our website and uh, we'd be happy to provide some tools to, to help uh, the conversation. 
we go out and do a lot of education on this, whether it's with community organizations, congregational groups. We're very involved with the physician practices who have the patient and family advisory councils. So you can ask us to come out and we'll, and we'll do a, a very non-threatening um, presentation for you. We typically partner with someone who's in that organization or with ours who is a notary that can go ahead and notarize the form right there on the spot because all we are doing when we notarize a durable power of attorney for health care is, one, identifying that you are who you say you are yep. when you sign the form. That's all the notary does. And, two, all you are doing is selecting your spokesperson, your agent. You're not committing yourself to give up any treatment, to select any treatment. You're just choosing what you probably already know in the back of your mind who you want to just be, making your, it official. Yeah. be your decision maker. And, and we encourage people to think about who they're choosing. If your spouse won't take the pet to the vet, won't be there when the, the doesn't want to be involved when the, the pet is euthanized, who won't talk about grandma and grandpa's funeral plans, they've got their hands over their ears right. going la, 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 that's probably not the that's most not appropriate the right person. person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we might want to look and, outside that inner circle. And if you if you designate someone as your power of attorney, and then maybe later on, maybe you want to change that, it, it's your power of attorney. You can change, change that whenever you want. want to. As often as you want, but Absol- do put a copy with your tax return because that include <laughs> that that makes sure that at least once a year by accident you lay eyes on you just it. Just look at it, right? <laughs> and then you can update it. Maybe someone has a new phone number. They've changed jobs. Have a new email. Maybe you got divorced, and maybe that ex isn't the appropriate spokesperson anymore. Absolutely. All right, we're going to continue this conversation right after the break. Don't go away. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information, call now, toll-free, 1-800-331-6445. Operators are standing by, 1-800-331-6445. I'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Senior Care Live on the Senior Care Broadcasting Network. For more information about the services offered on this program and how we can help you and your family, be sure to call us on our toll-free number anytime. That's 1-800-331-6445. 1-800-331-6445. And uh, let's get back to uh, our conversation. Really, really important subject matter today, National Healthcare Decisions Day, and how important it is for you to make your wishes known and have give someone else the legal authority to speak for you on your behalf. So we have some resources, uh, and we mentioned that you can go to Kansas City Hospice has one of the best websites ever. And David, I think there are some resources on there. KCHospice.org. Correct. Yeah, just go to our website, kchospice.org, and uh, we'll be able to uh, help provide some information on, on our website for you. Okay, and then Judy, nhdd.org. That's the National Healthcare Decision Day organization. It's about 16 years old. It's a grassroots effort of those of us who are working to promote advanced care planning and um, durable power of a of um, attorney for healthcare decision making throughout our communities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 
Okay, and then uh, another uh, really great resource, Caring Conversations. Caring Conversations um, is, is probably um, my favorite. It's what we use for our education opportunities. It comes from the Center for Practical Bioethics, which is here in Kansas City, which is an international ethics organization that deals with ethical decision-making in healthcare, which, of course, has a lot to do with end-of-life care and some of these decision-making issues. And it came about because of what we call the Patient Self-Determination Act. Back in the 1990, it was yeah. passed so that we all had the right to accept or decline health care treatment of our choice and to designate a decision-maker if we couldn't speak for ourselves. So if you go to the Center for Practical Bioethics, Caring Conversations is an obvious link on there. You can even just Google up Caring Conversations. And then you can download the document. It's for free. Durable Power of Attorney for Healthcare is free. You can have it notarized anywhere that you get things notarized. Then, your boom, bank. you're done. Yeah, that's all yeah. you have to do. That's simple. And we want you to make sure that you do a couple of things with it. Um, make a lot of copies. Make sure they go to all your providers mm-hmm. because we frequently have multiple physicians. Um, copies available to go to the hospital with you that your agent has copies. If your agent is other than who you live with or if you have multiple siblings, make sure that everyone has it. Please don't put these in a safety deposit box. That just ensures we'll never get or near just, it. You're hiding them there. <laughs> yeah. This um, is one of those documents you don't want to hide. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a glove box because if you wreck your car, well, yeah. you'll take that with you. And, and do the first responders a big favor. Can you imagine coming along the scene of an accident and someone is, is unconscious and there's their cell phone? And even with an iPhone, there's that emergency button. Oh, yeah. Yep. And if you open that up and they can look up your ICE contact, ICE in case of emergency. Case of emergency. Yep. Can you imagine how cool it would be if everybody's ICE contact was their DPOA for healthcare? So you are in a crisis and I have the right person to call that can help us. It's huge. That's a great idea. Huge um, for everyone to, to do these kind of things. They right. also have a caring conversations for the young adult, for those that are <laughs> under the age of 18. Uh, we have teenage drivers who are signing away to be organ donors. It's a good idea for them to be talking about these things in preparation for turning 18. Or they're involved in family caregiver situations where they're seeing these firsthand. And there's Courageous Conversations, which is done for the veteran. It includes additional information specific to veterans, including the aid and attendant benefit, as well as burial benefits. All right. National Healthcare Decisions Day on April the 16th. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's go ahead and shift gears. But I just thank you for, uh, uh, just really addressing this. And I think we we're pretty thorough on that. And we've provided some resources. So I'm, I'm really happy with that. And, and, and again, for our listeners, if you have questions about your, your healthcare power of attorney, advanced directives, living will, et cetera, uh, don't be shy about, uh, giving our friends at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care a call. Uh, they would love to help you or point you in the right direction. 816 816- Three six three twenty six hundred eight one six three six three twenty six hundred. All right, so we've got about four minutes left, Judy. Uh, uh, let's make our uh, our big announcement. Uh, we have our next uh, our upcoming continuing education event on Wednesday, May the eighth. It's from nine a.m. to twelve o'clock noon, and again, we're going to have it at Matt Ross, correct? Yes, Matt Ross Community Center, eighty uh, first and Metcalf. All right, so let's talk about, we don't have a whole lot of time, but let's talk about what we're going to uh, discuss, just kind of hit on some of the highlights uh, on this uh, uh, continuing education event. 
it sort of tags on to the topic we're talking about. We'll open up with a presenter from Gilda's Club here in Kansas City. Their program director, Clara Saint, will be talking about Open to Options, which is a process they do to help individuals prepare for their medical appointments when they're going to be making important decisions about treatment options and their plan of care. So they meet one-on-one with the individual. It can be a facilitated conversation by phone as well. And they develop a list of priorities and goals and questions for that individual to take back to their physician to help guide their conversation, their discussion with their doctor, and ensure that all of their questions get answered, their, their concerns get addressed, so that they can make a well-informed decision. And what they have found is that by doing this, not only do your, your patients, your individuals, us, feel less anxious and better prepared, but they're more confident in the decisions that they make. And what the physicians report back is, this does not make the appointments longer, but they sure are a lot more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second uh, the second piece of this continuing education event, uh, you are going to discuss uh, a tough topic, uh, delivering bad news. Yeah, preparing for difficult discussions. That, that kind of puts me right back into that advanced care planning thing there. But Every day, all of us in healthcare face difficult task of sharing bad news with individuals and, and their families, their loved ones. And unfortunately, the reality is most of us have been self-taught. We've learned through experience and trial and error, and most of us have felt inadequate, poorly trained for this at different points in, in time, depending on our experience and background. And despite the challenges that are inherent in communicating bad news for any of us, out, even outside of healthcare, we know that our patients deserve professionals that are skilled in participating in these, these difficult discussions. So we'll look at some skills, not just for healthcare providers, but also to assist patients and their families to overcome this challenge. All right, and then uh, I will be doing the third part of that, assessing your needs when considering moving from your home to a senior care community. I'm going to talk about uh, developing the care profile and the five key areas that you have to absolutely understand and know about before uh, before entering into your search. And so uh, that's going to be a really, really great uh, continuing education event. Uh, and so, David, Kansas City Hospice, you are just so generous with with your time and with your with your talent, your information and and your treasure, I mean, you're helping sure. to to fund this. Uh, uh, have you been? Is this part of the mission of Kansas City Hospice? I mean, I, yeah. I know you do a lot of that. You know, absolutely, um, um, Steve. We really look at the uh, the continuum of care and end of life with a wide angle lens, and we understand what are the gaps, and we try to fill that those gaps with information and community engagement is a pillar of our strategic plan and community outreach is part of that. And uh, Judy does an excellent job for us. And um, I know uh, your listeners will enjoy hearing from you as well. So I think the lineup is looking great and we're looking forward to seeing people on May. All right. So how can you sign up for this event? Uh, First of all, uh, a lot of people may not have access to electronics, uh, uh, computers, etc. You can give our friends at Kansas City Hospice and Palliative Care a call at 816-363-2600. You can also uh, log on at uh, kchospice.org, seniorcarelive.com, seniorcareconsulting.com. You can sign up electronically. So I'll be uh, talking more about that in the weeks to come. So uh, David and Judy, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate your time. All right. I'm your host, Steve Keeker, and I wish you grace and peace. May God bless you and your family on this day and always. I'll see you next week right here on Senior Care Live. Senior Care Live.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.